Hey everyone, this is part two of the Gorilla Radio Show versus Big Soy Naturals Thanksgiving debate. If you want to listen to part one, it's over on Big Soy Naturals feed, which is linked in the description. Hello everyone. Maybe we're on like the Big Soy Naturals feed now. Yeah. Maybe not. Okay. Don't know. Who knows? Hi everybody um, again. But uh, Greg just answered a question that I'm going to answer correctly and win the the epic Thanksgiving debate. Okay. What was it again? The question is, there's an easy mode and a hard mode, or I guess you could consider them one question. A, is Obama the first black president or the first mixed president? And B, is Zendaya the first black woman to win uh, the Oscar uh, Grammy or whatever the hell it was? Or is she the first mixed woman? Mm. Um, I think that I'm going to I'm gonna say that Obama um, is white maybe because i find him annoying <laughs> and and i think i think why not you know like I, I guess we can do that if we want to i feel like um there's this thing that's happening with like black americans right now that i guess is maybe the same as what's going on with like s- the starbucks question where it's just uh and, and a, like a lack of understanding of solidarity and also how race works in the united states I think that like as a as a black person I sometimes forget that we're like pretty outnumbered but we're only like 13 or 12% of the country um but we like tend to be like concentrated in certain areas because of segregation and stuff that I think that um it often feels like there's a lot more of us like to each other than there actually are but the reason that like mixed black people are considered black in the United States but not in like a place like South Africa where my family would be considered colored rather than black, but over here they are black um, is because there were so many black people there that in order to like control the labor class that like was uh, black people, um, it made more sense to like split them up into different groups in order to make them like better to control. But the one drop rule enabled uh, like American settlers to have a a perpetual supply of like unpaid workers. Um, And I think that maybe like some people don't know that history. I think that there's also the thing about biracial people being very annoying and they don't like to claim black all of the time. Like sometimes they claim mixed as if it's like a different like secret third thing when it's not and uh definitely no one cares that like like, no racist cares that you're mixed like they might be slightly nicer to you but not you're not really going to get much more than that um and so when people like try to split like when black people try to split up other like black people into like this person's mixed and this person is not it's usually like trying to address uh just the the way that like biracial people are really fucking annoying um but they're not like not black. They're just annoying. And also like you can be mixed and be like dark skin. Like I feel like people assume mixed means like black and white. And it's because those are the ones that are the worst. Uh, <laughs> but the, the Blasians, the Blasians are like, you know, they're starting to make themselves known and they're, they're not doing too great at the moment either. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think like I get where people are coming from. I just think that they're doing, they're doing it wrong, but you, you see it also a lot with like uh, black Americans talking about like black Africans where they're like, they're different. And it's like, no, you just mean they're annoying. Um, but they're, they're definitely still black. Okay. Also, I'm sorry. Like there's not that many black Americans that are like historically Americans and are not like mixed in some way because of like the, the evil um, that took place in this country for hundreds of years. So we yeah. can't be like doing blood quantum on people. It's just not, it's not going to work out in anyone's favor. Okay. All right. So that's all right. We got a, got a, our first like, well, not our first, but there's a bit of differences in our answers there. All right. Yeah. Mine was dog. Shit. This was full of Aww. theory and examples. <laughs> got examples well, and knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the, the lived experience of being, italian american and and just like not having it be acknowledged and people are like no you're not italian because you don't have even one italian parent okay (laughs) i like just got the joke anyways um let's move on to our next question um let's diverge a bit 
What is our stance on the split attraction model? I have to fucking Google this. The split attraction oh. model is the idea that someone can experience... The way someone experiences attraction can be split into categories. Is this ace people? Romantic and sexual attraction. Where you can have a sexual attraction, but a different romantic attraction. That is the theory. And the, this is, I also Googled it, and this is the definition This from model Christy. was created by the asexual community. All right, I know what I need to know. <laughs> okay. All right, well, Cerise can go first, though. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's, I think it's bunk. It's so silly. Um, also, like, it really only works if you're asexual or aromantic, and, like, and if you try to to uh, describe yourself as using anything under the split attraction model in like any other way, it sounds it becomes very fucked up. Like imagine saying that you're uh, hetero romantic bisexual. You know, like I only want to to be straight in my relationships, but I'll I'll fuck around. Or like I'm uh, a romantic heterosexual, um, which is like you know like a frat guy probably. <laughs> um, yeah. or uh maybe like homosexual hetero romantic like i don't like the people that i date but i'm a republican senator like it just you know it, it really only holds up if you're like asexual bi romantic or something so um i think for that reason we got to throw it out also, because asexuals are annoying. Calm down. <laughs> yep, completely agree. Everything is an identity. You're gonna get all of your Tumblr followers just like they're they're gonna be coming in droves in yeah. your inbox. And they're going to I'm kill not me. Sorry. They're going to kill me. Okay. <laughs> Instead of yelling at Austin, who is who's just a messenger, come yell at me. I'm commodified on Tumblr. Yeah. And yeah, I'll fight I'll fight you and win. Yeah, I'm I'm Swamp Ape Greg on Tumblr. Just come bother me. I'll I'll tell you to shut the fuck up. I can suicide bait on Tumblr, so I will. Yeah. I oh, yeah. I I unfortunately leaked to Greg that you're allowed to both threaten to kill yourself and uh, tell other people to kill themselves on Tumblr with no uh, possible <laughs> uh, retaliation from the moderation staff, which doesn't yeah. exist. Don't you fucking worry, guys. Go ahead, try and argue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, is that just you? You disagree, and we're just going to move on. I yeah, I could okay go longer on asexual. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Okay. Let's go back into into race stuff again. How <laughs> how strongly do you feel about cultural appropriation as an issue? Is it real? Is it good sometimes? Eyebrow raise. Where do you land on white people with dreads? Are Vikings, you know, the the true originators of white dreads? Do they have a claim to it? I just added some. You're definitely editorializing. <laughs> yeah, editorializing. Yeah, editorializing. Yeah, you're really fucking going. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to trap it so spicy. I mean, okay. Why are you trying mm-hmm. to put me in a fucking corner like yeah, this? Yeah, that's right. First off, white people with trends are fucking annoying. <laughs> okay, but that's not that's not answering the question, though. <laughs> Do I have to go first this time? Yes. <laughs> Cultural appropriation. He's like crying. As it is portrayed as it is portrayed in the United States. I would consider annoying an issue, not necessarily a world-ending issue, but I think the the biggest thing that is absolutely like I want to throttle these people is white people who do a black scent, especially like in their little TikTok videos or some shit. Like, that is annoying. That is very, very annoying. And I I would take that not only as, like, a pseudo-cultural appropriation, but also as, like, a... I would take it as a form of almost racism because it, oh, it is the most exaggerated bullshit thing you've ever seen in your life. I, I find it very, very fucking annoying. I think white people with dreads are... They're one of two types. Um, I think there's... I think that there could be a part that is not necessarily cultural appropriation as like you're the only white kid in like a black neighborhood, right? And that's, that is your culture. That is your community. I think it might be okay then. 
But again, I don't think I'd take a harsh, hard stance on that. <laughs> but the other type no. of white people with dreads. Greg, you're like describing like riffraff. You know? <laughs> this is like, like, oh, from eight miles. Miles. You're right. That is like riffraff. <laughs> All right. Or like, what are those with? like the Hoff twins or whatever they are? You know, those two guys. Island boys. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, white people with dreads, though, for the majority, are just hippy dippies who think it's funny or cool to do it, and and they are fucking annoying. Like granola people, execution. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, cultural appropriation is like a problem. I, I would agree it's a problem. All right. I don't know if it's like a world-ending one, but it is a problem. All right. So Greg thinks it's not a, a not a big deal. <laughs> no. <laughs> Answer Stop editorializing, in. you bitch. <laughs> All right, now Cerise, your turn. Um, I think that like I used to care a lot about white people with dreads because I would see them and I'd be like, I know that someone has told you that this is fucked up, and you've you've definitely like heard it from a black person, or at least you've like read or watched a black person say this, and you've made the decision to like ignore that. Um, so that you can have your dumbass hairstyle. And I think that annoyed me more than like the the hair itself, where it's just like I like I don't know, it's like like evidence of someone like caring more about uh whatever it is that they want to do than like being respectful of other people. Cause even if it's maybe wrong, like it, which I just like I don't think that, but even if like black people weren't correct about being like, this is fucked up, like, and we don't like it. And maybe like the Vikings really did do their hair like that. It's just like, what, like, why are you dying on the hill of like making so many people upset? Like get something better to do with your time. But I've changed my mind and I like white people with dreads. I like it because it <laughs> will ruin their hairline and their hair follicles forever. And I think that that is the punishment that I would inflict on such a person. You know, it's like I want I would I want you to be ugly for the rest of your life. So I, I don't start those arguments anymore because like I want I want the natural consequences to play out. I went to Evergreen. If anyone is listening and is a teenager, would highly consider going to the the Evergreen State College where you'll really form your ideology in the trenches of fighting granola white people. And my friend, uh, who's also black um, and had dreads herself, got called out by these white people there because they all had dreads and then they all got lice and they all had to shave off their hair. And uh, they accused her of bioterrorism. Um, because they they thought that somehow she like had given them the lice which i just don't know if that's possible to do um but it it uh resulted in my favorite um rhetorical question of all time where this guy was like well what if there was a kid with cancer and his and he was white and his like dying like make a wish was to have dreads like would you call him racist um i like the other version of that question more <laughs> it was like uh, what if like a kid was dying and they wanted to say the n-word like would you let them i want to know who this kid with cancer is like what's their problem um but i i feel like like cultural appropriation is like the the symptom of like like just like being a colonizer and like um not having having like a gone through the the stringent cleaning process that is the immortal science of marxism leninism and um i think that we can maybe like get white people to stop being so goofy um through either like killing killing them which is fine um i think violence is a is good um and maybe if you see someone that's like white and has dreads like maybe just punch them in the face and let them figure it out um and then you can like also do organizing, um, yeah. and maybe through a combination of of violence and uh, spreading an anti imperialist message, we'll get rid of like the white people that celebrate Cinco de Mayo in a really annoying way. Also, they look ugly. It's that's just my biggest <laughs> issue with it. Is like they don't look bad. good. Like all those Coachella girls. Like if you at least put together a good outfit, then. Maybe we could talk, but you they never look good. They just do a bad job of it. Like they're just like you not pissed, you pissed off a whole job. group of people to be ugly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um let's do let's move on to the next question. And I'm gonna try to um 
I'm, I'm going to try and attempt and probably fail to make this spicier than it actually is. Um, I don't know. So, the question is, cocaine is a notoriously <laughs> bourgeois drug. <laughs> and, uh, in fact, it's, there, there's a lot of discrepancies, whereas, like, a person caught carrying crack would be punished way more harshly than a person carrying cocaine, because traditionally, you know... Uh, cocaine is like a white affluent drug and crack is you know the working class or segregated and like poor areas because you know they they like shipped crack out to like the black communities as the saying goes so the question is can communists do coke or is it hypocritical and or bourgeois of them Um, I'm going to say communists shouldn't do coke. I'm not sure if I have an opinion about it being bourgeois, but more like, I don't like hanging out with people on coke. They are very annoying. (laughs) And they always are like telling you about like their business idea. And it's always like they're going to start a restaurant. They're like, I have a great idea for a food truck. Like, and it's like 3 a.m. Every bump Um, you do makes you more and more of a line cook. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there's like probably also something about like the way that like Coke comes to the United States that isn't fantastic, mm. but I'm, I mostly really just like, I don't like hanging out with people that are on Coke and I would like them to do a drug that is more fun for me to be around. And I, I will admit that I, like I take Adderall, so I'm maybe just not, no, oh. like for, well, I mean, you to, know, like, to do work. Tasks. yeah, so Maybe I just can't relate to like the desire to be amped up and like not do tasks. Like I don't want to be on on that and then like party. Okay. Okay. Well, Greg, your turn. <laughs> as the person who is self-professed partaken multiple times, I think it's unethical. I think the production method and transport, well, the the way the transportation has to happen is 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 unethical. However. However, (laughs) however, I I don't really give a shit if people do drugs. I I, I really don't. It's not really my prerogative. I think addiction is bad. I think that there should be programs put in place by the fucking government to help with addiction. I think there should be safe, safe, safe injection sites. And I think the criminal penalties um, involved in the consumption and or what's the word I'm looking for when you have it. Possession of drugs um, should be decriminalized. Um, But at the end of the day, it would be hypocritical of me to say it's bad if I'm if I've done it before and would do it again. I think that that's I think that's like the that's kind of the the thing of it. I think uh, a lot of people don't realize how prevalent drugs are, period, like in the adult world and what you would think is like, you know, nice and tidy, buttoned up like society. Drugs are insanely prevalent across all levels of society. Um, obviously, the drugs change dependent on the income level of the person taking the drugs. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily fault, say, myself for <laughs> okay. buying cocaine if I could afford. Theoretically, cocaine, as opposed as a, theoretically, hypothetically, as opposed to buying crack if I can buy cocaine. Cocaine, right? Does that make sense? Like, I don't think you can fault the drug user for their drug of choice. Okay. I don't. I don't. Think you don't think it a... reflects on your on your status as a as a fake member of the working class to be able to afford cocaine? No, drug? I don't, because tons of members of the fucking working class take cocaine. <laughs> you ever met? You ever met somebody who works on an oil rig? That's all they fucking do. They're the working class. <laughs> they make a fucking ton of money, but that doesn't mean they're not the working class. <laughs> I think there needs to be a very distinct separation between income level and the class that you exist in, because a working class person in San Francisco um, makes quadruple the money as a working class person in Mobile, Alabama, even though they might have the exact same living conditions. Okay. All right. Well, um, that actually brings me nicely, I think, to my next question, which is, uh, Greg, you were speaking, of course, about, you know, harm, I think you did at least, harm harm reduction when it comes to, um, drugs. Or at least decriminalization, but uh, it's close enough, so I'm going to use this as an excuse to jump. Harm reduction. 
harm reduction. Do you think that voting is a form of harm reduction? <laughs> so I am going to let. No, wait, did I? No, I thought Cerise went first last time. Oh, yeah. Cerise, you can go. Oh, or I guess I can go. Voting's not no, harm you reduction. Should go. All right, yeah, okay, great. Voting's not harm reduction. I think voting is fucking stupid. I think I'm going to have a very hot take here in saying a very, actually, I'm going to have a very hot take as a person of privilege in that I think that a little, just a, a smidge of accelerationism might help us out a little bit. Interesting. Um, I don't think voting is harm reduction at all because. And I think this might tie into your question about the squad. Um, I don't think voting for AOC is going to help you. I don't think voting for Rashida Tlaib is going to help you. Because the minute all these people get to Washington, they continue to do the same things that the regular Democrats do and the Republicans do. They, no, no elected official in the United States acts in the interests of their constituents. It is a, is a feature, not a flaw, of the system that we live in. It is, it is not something I think helps. I think it might... I think there are niche cases where it's useful, but not on a national level, not even on a congressional level for your local district. I think the only time where voting might be useful is voting for maybe your local DA who might not prosecute on drug crimes, who might not prosecute on certain other crimes. I think nothing bigger than your city, maybe your county, is worthwhile voting for. Okay. Cerise, what's your take on this? I, I don't think I agree about the accelerationist thing, but uh, I do think that like voting is a it's a political tactic. And I think that like it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. I feel like people will sometimes say, um, you know, like it's free. So why not just do it like you can do other organizing outside of voting? And I get where they're coming from, but it's not really free. Um, I think that when when you vote and you vote for like a candidate that is uninspiring to you, you are conceding to like the political apparatus that you will like be satisfied always with just like the lesser of two evils, which like doesn't incentivize anyone ever to stop being fucking evil. Um, And I uh, think also like when when you withhold your vote like it's not just that you're not doing something like it, it is actually a tactic um and i think that we noticed like in this most recent like midterm even where joe biden did very little but i think he maybe like started threatening making weed legal and you can just see like what politicians will do when they think that maybe their vote like their guaranteed votes are in danger and they'll start actually like trying to do something useful um but I also think that like the, what did it be called? Like the, the like campaign industrial complex, like it's so expensive and it like mm-hmm. takes up a lot of people's time and energy. And so it isn't actually free in that um, when you are like voting for someone and like letting like the Democrat party probably um, know that you are like willing to just like accept the lesser of two evils that, um, it like funnels a lot of like good organizing work that like could be doing something useful into like campaign spaces where people think that that's like maybe where they can actually get something done. It's also a lot of money. If you think about all of the money that people donated to um, like Bernie Sanders, um, who I did actually vote for, like I um, didn't think he was going to be going to win, but I thought that it was maybe useful for like building some power um to to like try and have some sort of campaign movement for him at the time but if you think about all the money that went into his campaign or all the money that like AOC fundraises or any of the other people like that like where could that money and and also like organizing energy is like people like calling up and asking people to donate money be going um W.E.B. Du Bois has an essay that I think everyone should read called um why I won't vote. And this was someone that like organized um, for the the right of like black people to be able to vote. And he said in 1956, I shall not go to the polls. I have not registered. I believe that democracy has so far disappeared in the United States that no two evils exist. There is but one evil party with two names and it will be de- uh, elected despite all I can do. There is no third party on the presidential ballot of, in a few states, a socialist party will appear Few will hear its appeal because it will have almost no opportunity to take part in the campaign. 
And if a voter organizes or advocates a real third party movement, he may be accused of seeking to overthrow this country by force and violence. And I think that that's like really key too, is that anyone that runs for office on a platform that is actually radical and, and interesting will probably just like n- not get very far. So yeah, I agree. Okay. Do some other stuff. All right. Um, I think do we, we don't have to do this, but were you, sorry, were you old enough to vote in 2016? Did you I guys was, do I that? was not old enough to oh, vote. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. Did you? Were you oh, old? I, How old I are you? Voted. I, I was voted. 16 in 2016. <laughs> I voted. Okay. I voted. I voted Bernie Sanders. Um. <laughs> hey, what? hey, Greg, what did you Wait, vote hold for? On, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Let's, let's have a real conversation now about Greg's journey to the left. Oh, no, I wasn't trying to um, <laughs> ask you in judgment. I was just wondering oh, no, no, how no, no, old no, you no. are. No, 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 we can we can bamble about it <laughs> No, we can judge second. Greg for a second. <laughs> Let's have a quick moment here about Greg's journey to the left, which started November 10th, 2016. Wait, no. <laughs> Greg, did you vote for Trump? Let's have a conversation Greg, about Greg's journey to Greg, the left. Greg, did you vote for Trump? <laughs> Next debate question. Greg. Is Greg, Greg may have made him. <laughs> am I irredeemable and irreparable as an asset? Did, wait, well, did you vote for Trump? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. What state did you live in? North Carolina. Mm. Uh, why state. did you do that? Why did you do that? So, as a young man. <laughs> Okay, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear about this. When you, when he said that, like, what he said, some whatever it is about, like, Mexicans, what did, did you, did you hear it? No, I didn't hear any of that. I actually voted okay. um, the way I did at the behest of my parents, okay. or at the behest okay. of my mother specifically. Right. Um, just word. vote for, vote for, vote for him over Hillary, which, I mean, to, listen, to we're be all... completely unfair, they both sucked, so. <laughs> yeah, they both sucked. I wouldn't have been happy with you if you voted either way. I think voting for Trump is worse. Absolutely. But, uh, voting for either of them, pretty bad. However, whatever. You can <laughs> if it do makes stuff. You can, I mean, it's it's. I think it's like just not here or there. Like if yeah. it makes you a bad person, because you just have to do different stuff now. I think but if it makes it does make eighteen year old you dumb. Oh, so fucking stupid. If it makes anybody feel any better, I actually had one of the, instead of, instead of my friends at the time saying, it's not my job to educate you, um, they actually just sat me down and educated me. Um, yeah, I also, I don't know what it's like to grow up in like a reactionary household. And I, I have a lot of friends that like, it took them a long time to break free of like the, the grip of like evangelicalism and like, I don't know, conservative, uh, politics a lot of rush limbaugh as a kid like that's what my mother would listen to in the car driving me around as a kid and that's just kind of became my worldview and quite honestly i fucking the trope of going to college and becoming a marxist is, was a little true in my case um, but that's why you gotta read theory exactly See, education and that's, is the key yeah and it took me a long time to, to read that theory um i think and in in some regards i think it might have been ostensibly a little helpful to have actually come from that direction because I can kind of understand a lot of people on the left will go, oh, dumb MAGA, unsavable. I don't think that at all. So I don't... Well, you'd have to not think that, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, and that's where I think I have a bit of a, a bit of an advantage, I guess, in doing like an, an outreach, I guess, to that to that community, and I've done. I think they could all get turned community. into a liquid personally, and we'd probably be better off. I think off. so too. But I think so too. I, but I think like some of them are salvageable. I do have a friend who see. Um, his father voted for. It was an adamant supporter of Jeb Bush in 2016, and by 2020, uh, my friend had converted his father into a Bernie brother. So I don't know. It's. I, just don't yeah. think it's a huge I, mean, I think that like you know being different now doesn't like negate any harm that was done when you were fucked up but it also isn't something that you can like uh do anything about besides just like organizing and trying to be a good person and there's a lot of people that like were very indoctrinated by their like fucked up families into politics so yeah you know 
I will not me. Carry guilt for not me. It's, yeah, it's something I carry like guilt for. It's part of why. Not necessarily. I don't want to like take away value from what minimize what I believe in the way I or and why I organize. But I do think it's part of why I have been so dedicated to organizing. It is for me a form of making up my mistake to myself. It's white um, guilt. No, it's, it's not yeah. white guilt. It's not white guilt. I don't think it's white guilt. But I, I do think like it is. It is part of why I I organize as hard as I do. Um, but I don't. I also can't look back at eighteen year old Greg, who had just graduated high school and was set, and didn't watch the news and was just told by my mother, "You need to go vote for this person." I don't really think I would fault myself other than faulting myself for not educating myself. But you also can't go back in time and look at your right wing younger self and say you should pick up Marx. Would you go back in time and kill baby Greg in order to prevent <laughs> Donald Trump from winning the 2016 election? No, I actually did have to look this up once. He won North Carolina by like 3 million votes. So at least I can't say uh, I was a deciding factor. Yeah, no. Yeah, but uh, maybe maybe it was it was you that started the chain. You don't know. It might have been, I don't know. But mm -hmm. I would smother baby Greg with a pillow, but I'd feel very bad about yeah, it. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have, to have uh, someone on, on this different on the pod. He's like I'm I'm <laughs> You know, missing out on good content that I could yeah. be having, but the world is better off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think people. I don't. I don't think that we can like treat people like they are um, disposable. And I think that there's a like. Uh, I don't think that you can like forgive people for stuff that isn't like yours to accept of forgiveness for. But also, you can just be a different person. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if the people are monoliths, I don't think. But um, how much I time still do you would have? smother baby Greg with the pillow. I do have. How much time do you have left, Cerise? I've got like we've got like thirty minutes. Okay. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, Going yeah. for okay. one more hour. So um, okay. Let's see. There's like two. There's two directions I could take this uh, recent conversation in. The first one is: Is it really possible to separate the art from the artist? Can we separate? Guerrilla radio shows uh, high art from Greg's scandalous past, <laughs> or, or I think the other question is, uh, this sort of ties into the recent Big Story Naturals episode about how Google is like not working anymore. It's just like an algorithm, uh, advertisement algorithm. Ad space. Yeah, um, is Google free? Can you use Google to simply educate yourself rather than ask people online? for the correct opinion which one are is google the artist are we separating oh, no, 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 the no this is this is of... no this is two different uh, questions sorry i was gonna ask why, ask okay. us one at a fucking time no man. i want you guys to debate over which question you want to talk about more <laughs> shut up ask okay. us a question oh okay well okay fine we'll do the, we'll do the separate the separating the art from, art from the artist yeah okay. all right i just want to have fun okay i'm sorry who's <laughs> first who goes first i forget um oh geez I think Austin, you have one job. Okay, yeah, I'm so, it's just been a while. I think, I think Cerise is first. Okay, okay. Um, I feel like uh, this is one of those questions where it's like some sometimes. Like, I think the biggest thing that I can think of that's like in this debate would be like people that really like Harry Potter still, but you know, J.K. Rowling's like out here being a ghoul. And I do think that, you know, like when I was a child, I did childish things and then I became an adult and I put I put away the childish things and maybe everyone else that really likes Harry Potter should do that. Um, but it's like, I think a situation like that is a good example of how uh, the, the art is somewhat inseparable from the artist in the like moment where, what's whatever her name, Joanne, like she's making money and also like, even when you aren't um, giving her money, the public support that her stories and work have um, enable like Warner Brothers and I guess Disney and whoever else it is that like is churning out more Harry Potter properties um, will use as like evidence that like they can keep doing things um, that will continue to pay her and know that like people are going to put that aside. But then you've got people like... Um, Leo, Leo Tolstoy, who was a terrible man, but he's like real dead and his work is in the public domain. So 
you know, like we can maybe talk about how he was a terrible guy and how that influences his work, but I don't think it's like morally wrong. You need to listen to um, my year of not sucking and fucking episode one (laughs) repulsion about Logan Paul and Leo Tolstoy and post nut clarity. But, you know, it's just like, like he was shitty to women. Maybe unsurprising for like 19th century Russian man who is an anarchist, you know? Um, So like, but he's not currently making money um, off of like people reading war and peace if that's something that you want to do and so i think it 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 like really depends although it's yeah it's just like kind of an annoying question people need to they need to use their brains instead of expecting one size fits all like uh answers for how they should act okay yeah i i would agree and i guess like my example would be like like, uh he made graduation he made graduation he made graduation but um, like, yeah, that's... Still a piece of shit. Oh, okay, but if we're talking, we want to talk about Kanye instead of Leo Tolstoy. Kanye, like, is he's fine. He he's keeps fine. doubling down, which is not great. I but know. He make graduation. But people need to. They just need, they need to leave him alone, and then everything would be okay. Yeah, I think the big thing with Kanye is he's extremely unmedicated and not receiving any help for his mental illness. Well, that's because everyone wants to fucking normalize mental illness until someone is mentally ill and in a way that is, like, not uh, pleasant to be around. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of, um, I mean, me, when I'm mentally ill, I'm not fun to be around. I think because people have, um, what's the, I guess the thing where you've, like, decided that something is an oppressed group, which is true, but then also like assigning moral goodness to people in that oppressed group. And Mm -hmm. then it means that like they can't be doing something wrong or that they can't be called out, I guess, by people that aren't in that group. When like, doesn't it, isn't it kind of logical that sometimes people are going to be shitty when they're mentally ill? doesn't mean that they're like not worth anything or that they're not like redeemable as people, but Someone, Kanye just needs a friend, and he needs to stop being so sexist, and he probably needs to like not be Christian. Um, yeah, he should turn down the anti-Semitism okay. stuff. Yeah. Have you yeah. by have you perchance read uh, the Freddie DeBoer Substack article, "The Incoherence and Cruelty of Mental Illness as Meme"? Because that sort of uh it's an interesting. I refuse to learn about Substack. <laughs> That's yeah, fair. I've never. Okay, yeah. I read books. Yeah, no, because yeah, paper. It is uh, a recent <laughs> thing that started circulating on Twitter, and it's been impacting the discourse. Um, and it sort of touches on those same exact points, which I'm guessing he got from someone else. But it's still good to you know disseminate it in that way, I suppose. Yeah, no, I just feel I feel like me talking on this subject specifically is probably not like the greatest because I don't have the I don't have the lived experience, but like, like the, like Kanye and Kyrie and like this kind of growing influential African-American community of like just outward anti-Semitism is not something like new. It's something that kind of exists and persists. And I think it's a, I mean, it well, is and and even that people think it's like a black thing when yeah. it's just like this is a, a very very common kind of like conspiracy theory, theory and the reason that we are like paying attention to it now is because people who want to make money um, know that they can get eyeballs and clicks on like a video of a prominent like black person saying something anti-Semitic, which is a great way to spread anti-Semitism and to also like stoke racial tensions between like two oppressed groups of people. And mm-hmm. also there are like many black Jewish people such as yours, yours truly. And it's, I don't know, it's like very annoying to see this happening in real time um, when it's like obvious, I guess, like what, what the intent is behind it. And it's not about like calling anyone out Um or like raising attention on anti-Semitism, but just like someone someone knows that people are going to click on a Kanye mm-hmm. story, yeah, and and like at the heart of that is also like a uh, like a black man who is being exploited and who doesn't have like a real support system. Absolutely, and I think it's just like 
I mean, also, look, the black Israelites, as a group, do push this. Yeah, go think, off. Yeah. Get mad at the black Israelites. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, no. And then they, they, it's a cult like any other. I mean, they push a conspiracy yeah. to. I think what it is, is when you don't have the immortal science of Marxism-Leninism. Exactly. Um, like, it's very easy to develop, like, tensions towards other races, like, that are not white, because we're all, uh, we're all in the shit vortex, and so, like, um, like, like, there's a lot of, uh, like, anti-Asian sentiment that I've, like, heard friends of mine, like, um, express that I've had to, like, work through with them, and it's because, like, Sometimes Asian people um, buy business, like own businesses, like in black neighborhoods, and then uh, like use their position to be like racist towards black people that are like coming into their stores. And there's like a larger reason why all of that is happening. We could we could talk about like white supremacy, where we could just like get mad at Asian people. And I think that when you don't have like a good analysis of like why things are the way they are in the world then it's it's very easy to just like point at the convenient target rather than the one that you're not seeing okay absolutely that's why the irish and the italians have been going at it for decades okay um neither of who are white (laughs) okay well Mm. (laughs) i agree with that i agree with that so true um okay yeah that actually uh, brings me into something interesting, sort of interesting thought process. One of the questions that we received on Tumblr was asking us to get nuanced about the Red Guards. And uh, I, what? I don't, th- that's not a very, okay. Um, specifically, they were asking for cons and pros. Maoism doesn't work in the United States. So let me, let me just ask here that the reason I, I wish it did. the reason I thought of this was because um, when I was unfortunately with the Red Guards and first of all didn't even know they were the Red Guards they lied to me and I'm very stupid so I believed it. Oh, serve the people is like a known fucking. I didn't it. know. I was stupid. I was a. <laughs> I was like ten I, years old. I don't know who the Red Guards are. Oh, this is. Oh, oh this is. Oh God, we we gotta like. They're a Maoist. Um, they're an FBI <laughs> run. They're not just um, Maoist, though. They're Marxist. They're Mar- garbage leftist group. Marxist, Leninist, Maoist, principally Maoist, meaning that they have the fourth sword of communism. The chairman what? of the Communist Party of Peru, uh, Gonzalo. Which is, no fucking way. They're unironically Gonzalo people? Yeah, that's their whole thing. That is their entire thing. The first time they met oh, me, so they made me leftism? read the entire fucking like, pamphlet of the Communist Party of Peru. <laughs> is this why they're so bad at doing leftism? Yeah, but um, my, my, uh, the reason this came to mind was because in the uh, neighborhood that they were trying to quote-unquote organize didn't work and they abandoned it immediately as soon as they got a payout from it. Um... They were running, they were butting heads with the like black Israelite uh people in the neighborhood, or like uh basically like the people who would go into like conspiracy theories like that. And they had like a whole like section on their website about how this ideological void needs to be filled with uh rigorous Marxism, Leninism, Maoism, Gonzaloism. Um, so. Do we, I mean, okay. I, Greg, I guess this is more for you. What are the pros and cons no, of the Red Guards? There's fucking no pros. It's <laughs> all cons. I really think that if you have to split your fucking turf with the black Israelites who we just covered, you do, like, you're not doing communism. You're doing a money-making cult. Um, and, like, quite honestly, if you take the Shining Path as a fucking example for how you should do leftism, you're no better than people who are like, unironic pull pot defenders. Okay. So, like, I really don't think that the Red Guards um, are providing anything useful to the left. I think um, in the event of revolution, they would make excellent fodder for storming trenches. That's about it. Okay. So, Cerise, do you have any opinions yeah. on the Shining Path? <laughs> I do not know who these people are, but I haven't been on a college campus in a while. Fair so enough. Maybe that's why. The Shining Path... Um, not Western propaganda, 
did used to just kill people's dogs and hang them from lampposts. Yeah. So they're like Peter. No, this is the Communist Party of Peru, and they had an interesting take on communism. (laughs) They had what I would like to call a bad take. Uh, They had the I didn't read theory take on doing communism. Um, The the Shining Path are a shining example of what happens when you don't read theory and you immediately try to start a people's war. That's all they did. They tried to immediately start a people's war. They lost. Uh, you know that saying about how like the more you read, the the more you know, but I but then the more that you know, the more you forget. Mm-hmm. So so the more you read, the less you know. I think that's also why people need to read theory. I've I've read too many books to feel like I should start my own party. Like okay. I'm like yeah. I yeah I'm gonna start my own communist party. But I feel like when you when you don't read. You're like, I think maybe I'm the first person to ever think about getting my friends in a group um, and, and, and taking action. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball in here and say that okay. I think part of the problem with the Red Guards was that they read too much theory. But of they, the read, they were reading Gonzalo. <laughs> yeah. So is too much theory to where you like start to like get into like really specific subsects that just aren't making any sense to anybody else? You think that's oh. bad? Is there too much so, books? Grad school brain is a real problem, mm-hmm. and it does need to be talked mm-hmm. about. Um, if you have gone to grad school, uh, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Not for me, but like you should, you should contact, I guess, whatever institution you got your degree from, and ask them for your money back. <laughs> I think grad school teaches people how to talk in soup. Um, and it also teaches them to like use words like problematize where they're like, let me add nuance to this conversation. And then they, they like come in with a bunch of bullshit. So that's like maybe reading too much, but it's just too much of, of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also through like the U S like higher education model. Although like people that go to grad school in Europe are like, not, they're not any better. So I think just like, don't, don't go to grad school. <laughs> Get a job. <laughs> it's so true. But, but not not grad school for studying monkeys, right? That's different and cool, right? Like I can still do no, that. It's not. It's you no. Okay. Well <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's fucking I could go on for hours about the shiny pan. Okay. But um No, I do wish Maoism worked in America. It doesn't. It doesn't. Maoism's in my the, the same reason I don't think like Bolshevism works in america i don't know enough about ah! now honestly to be able to like agree or not agree with you but maybe um just, maybe i should read more like the way bolshevism worked like it's Maoism is kind of principally designed to lit to lift people from feudalism directly to socialism without the also, yeah, what are you what, what are you using the word bolshevikism to mean like just the way the Russian Revolution played so out. So, are you taking like a that uh, lift of people from? Are you taking a Jewish killing the Romanovs? Oh well, we should absolutely kill the American American political royalty. Yeah, but what did the what did the Bolsheviks do wrong? Just I don't think they did anything wrong at all. I'm just thinking I don't think that their program, which was designed to bring the peasantry to their side, would work in a place where we don't have a peasantry. I think you are like describing Malice doesn't work as a. Am I describing Juche? Yeah, that's like... I don't think Juche's wrong. I, I know I might hot take here, but I, I really don't think Juche's wrong. Do you think it's just been I think, warped and distorted, perhaps? or I think... What's his name? Who's the current guy? Kim Jong-un? Yeah. Who's I think the he might be a bit of a guy? nut job. I can't remember what his name is. I just... I don't think it's my my place to talk <gasps> about North Korea. Yeah, that's, yeah. We have that's no another idea question what's going on there. Um, that we have. Is it... Maybe that can be our last question, and then... Idea. If people like this, um, we could do this again for when's the next holiday that Christmas. families we get can together? Do a Christmas one. Yeah, winter special, winter Blue holiday, non non denominational special. So. We'll cover enough for all the holidays. Mm-hmm. This one question could branch into like a couple different things, but I'm just going to read it as it is. Is it anti leftist to take a stance against dictators in other countries when you live in the United States? Or is it worse to be silent? Uh, Cerise. Who's first? Me? Okay. Um, I think that, like, um, you know, when you're a child 
and you want to talk to your guidance counselor and you got to be careful about like I don't know if your parents smoke weed at home like telling them that because like they're like a mandatory reporter and so if if you tell them that your parents smoke weed they're gonna like call the cops and so you just gotta you gotta be careful about what you say to what people I think that that's like maybe the the mindset that Americans should be in because if you um like I guess the the Iraq war is a good example where I don't think that there is anyone who has politics that I agree with that would say that they think that like Saddam Hussein was a stellar guy but if you were like adding adding your voice to the chorus of people we're like we should um invade iraq and like plunder it for all of its resources because you're like because his saddam's not nice um or like he's he's not a good ruler it's like what are like what are you um who are you helping and um i think that there are other ways to like help people in countries that are like struggling under uh like oppressive like leaders that doesn't involve like towing the u.s party line like like right now i think something great that everyone could be doing is like calling for the united states to like end sanctions on iran and that would be a much better thing to do than like i don't know posting about how we need to add more sanctions or or like do a a hit on yeah um and so it's not, I, I think that there's like a false dichotomy that like um, leftists that are like Democrats get into sometimes where it's like, should you do nothing or should you speak out when you just got to be thinking strategically and like, is speaking out going to um, just be like put under the umbrella of like, oh, well, this is a bleeding heart liberal, but even they agree like this, this ruler is really fucked up or is there something better that you can be advocating for? Okay. Greg? Um, well, you kind of said it perfectly. Yeah, do you I think, think there's a... Assad, good or bad? What Assad, do you think? good or bad? Mm-hmm. Assad based for fighting off the United States. Uh, <laughs> Assad bad, though. Um, I, it's not really my place to talk about any... Like, it's not my place. Like, I wouldn't... I, like, I think... I'm just going to use North Korea as another example. It is not fair as an American, to make a judgment about the North Korean government when our government has been personally responsible for keeping them under siege for the last 70 years. Well, and we don't even know what they're doing there because, yeah. like, all the news that comes out of North Korea is, like, Kim Jong-un, like, summarily shot, like, ev- every pit crew artist, yeah. um, like, in, in, and it's like, you know, yeah. like, you don't, you don't know. Someone just made that up. Yeah, it's all they, You can say whatever you want. So I think that we don't know enough about what's actually like taking place in North Korea to make judgments about whether or not there should be regime change. Um, and I think that like more Americans maybe need to first be critical about the media that they consume before they're calling out for a hit on countries. Also, if you can't identify it on a map, you can't. You can't have an opinion. You can't on call it. for a hit. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think like, and I think a, a perfect example of Americans not understanding the media to consume is just like the active fucking war happening in Ukraine, and just like how much misinformation gets thrown out by the West. That's like just like it's so blatant, but most Americans just eat it up, and then at the same time they're going, "Oh, the Ukrainians are beating the Russians' ass," but here we are in month like nine of the war, and it's not like they've liberated the the entire country. They haven't liberated much. And yeah, it's Putin also good or bad. Putin? <laughs> I, I, would, I would say bad. Like I don't give a fuck about this war. Like I hate civilians mm-hmm. civilians being affected, but we are just watching two incredibly fucking reactionary governments duke it out over um the grain fields of Eastern Europe. Like it's- duking it out with our money coming on one side of it. I do, I do have to ask, like, doesn't Zelensky have, like, things to do? Because he's in the United States right now. Like, he's about to do an event with Meghan Markle and Alec Baldwin. Like, oh, he's a doesn't he have a job? He's a fucking Do they let Alec Baldwin this is like, why. out in public still? <laughs> do you want to know what the theme of this event is, Austin? What? It's anti-bullying. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to be so fucking honest. Like, people, like... It took five no. minutes of research to realize that Zelensky is just a Ukrainian Donald Trump. 
Actually, I didn't need to do any research because I knew the most important thing about him, and this is actually the basis of all of my politics. I think this is what everyone should believe. Mm -hmm. Male comedians uh, and stand-up comedians in yeah. particular, regardless of gender, should be put in a vat and then have acid poured on them and turned into a liquid okay. and then it should be like thrown somewhere that it can never re reach another person ever again awesome. uh, maybe that back could be poured over the male photographers yeah who is they're they're next in line <laughs> those are also, two groups of people that are irredeemable and then male podcasters like are like slightly behind that so <laughs> yeah. and Putin, on they're, they're, both like, they're both like five four Oh, okay. It's just two, of the, short it's just two of the okay. shortest guys in history. Yeah, there's dude, nothing wrong know. with being short. Anyways. <laughs> I'm 5'2". I'm yeah, Greg. That's okay. You're not Volodymyr Zelensky. <laughs> okay, as the moderator... And you're not part of the Totenkamp Ukraine, Ukraine decision. I should step in as the moderator because we're getting close to time and I want to say two things. One, I think next debate we should do an actual like classical style debate where one person has to take one stance and the other person has to take Ooh. negative of that stance. Because okay. Do not give me stances that stuff. make me racist. <laughs> no, I'm going to make right This now. is exactly what it's like at my family Thanksgiving table. So maybe instead of um, fighting, you should just imagine what it would be like if you had two beautiful Marxist parents um, and, and one really cool Marxist sibling and at Thanksgiving, you don't need yeah, any this American is, This food. is the therapeutic and, therapy yeah. argument. Yeah. This is put this on while you're at the fantasy. table. <laughs> put this on while your racist uncle's going on. Yeah, just put on the headphones, just... lay back and listen to this and pretend you're in a better place. <laughs> can I ask the two of you a question to, to close us out and then maybe mm -hmm. we can like plug our various things yeah okay. um what's what's the stance on sexual mutual aid what is it do we need it <laughs> will you provide it <laughs> i think that um, <laughs> i think that we have other words for that that are not as nicely phrased <laughs> what so what such is it? as such as about? comfort women is usually what they're called. <laughs> oh. Well, they don't all have to be women, and yeah, I think it's up to you to. Okay, it's up to you to define what sexual mutual aid is, and then do we need it? No, what the fuck? <laughs> the are so goddamn horny. I can't fucking take it. Anymore. I think horny Why are people so informs horny? most people's politics on Twitter. <laughs> on it Tumblr, is the nature. It is the nature of the left that every few months someone will reinvent the idea of sexual mutual aid. Um, and that's just like, it's just a fact, a fact of being in the world. Leftist men Until every people read six some months. Yeah, every six, month, uh, six months, a leftist man reinvents the idea of prostitution. <laughs> um, here's my impression of a leftist man. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I just, I'm really... I don't get along with other men that well because I believe that women are inherently sexual creatures who want to fuck. And I just am always being put down by other men with their toxic masculinity because they want to own a woman, but I don't. I would share a woman with anyone. <laughs> poly people. Okay. Um. They're not always poly. Sometimes they're just gross. Okay. Yeah. I have one last question. I sorry, we're running out of time. One last question, answer with yes or no and do not elaborate because this was a question that was okay. debated among the Charlotte Red Guards while I was in it. Um, and it was a question cool. that I posed, which was very funny. Just ask the question me. Was 9 11 an anti imperialist victory? <laughs> yes or no? Yes. Yes. Done. Okay. No. Yes, because I find it funny. <laughs> yes. All right, no elaboration. Greg is yes. Theresa's no. All right, let's okay. let's wrap up. <laughs> yeah, I think um, we're I'm I'm big soy naturals. I don't know what feed this part of the episode is going to be on, but if it's not on the big soy naturals feed, then you can find us um, everywhere that matters at big soy naturals, and you should like like and subscribe and hit the notification bell or whatever it is that you do on the podcast apps. Leave us a review. And I'm uh, commodified this everywhere except for Tumblr where I'm commodified. And if you know who owns commodify this, 
on there, please bully them for me. I keep sending them emails and they won't they won't respond. <laughs> okay. And Greg? I'm I'm Greg. Um I again I don't know what feed this is on. If this is on the big soy feed, you can find us everywhere. Uh, that matters is Gorilla Radio Show. Just fucking type it in your search bar. The ad's probably different everywhere. But Gorilla Radio Show. Um, leave us a review. Write our podcast. Um, pay for both of our Patreons, okay? Buy the Big Soy Patreon. Buy the Gorilla True. Radio Patreon. If you buy the Gorilla Radio Patreon by New Year's Eve, you're going to get a free sticker pack. Um, yeah, we're, we're sort of uh, stickers. We're rigging the we're, vote in our favor right we're now. We're rigging the fucking system. Yeah. Um, but, um... If you subscribe to the maybe the Gorilla Radio Show one, you might get a personalized apology from Greg for voting for uh, Drumpf, Cafefe, yeah. uh, whatever. I'm going to send you a handwritten letter, letter covered in dried <laughs> Um But um, you can find me everywhere uh, on Twitter. I'm at SwampApeGreg, Tumblr at SwampApeGreg. Follow, follow me. Follow me. Most my numbers. Make me feel good about myself. Um... But yeah, this was really fun. All right. It was fun. Just like real Thanksgiving. Yeah. This year, I'm thankful for content and for clout and for followers. Good night. <laughs>